you have to live. And how many times have we not went to go see our friends or not called our parents or not like did the new thing that you were like, well, I could just, I'll do that next week. And that next week, like might not freaking come man. And it's, it's not this like Kroger version of live, laugh, love, like a little sign that you might get at target. It's like, we are on the earth one single time. Hey there, Lilypad listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Lilypad podcast. I would say welcome back, but I know that many of you have been regular listeners, <laughs> even in the midst of my absence, and I'm forever grateful for that. I've had a few people reach out and ask me, you know, if everything was okay and when I'm going to put some episodes back up. And uh, it's just that, as I've talked about before, life is crazy busy for me. Uh, you know, when you <laughs> when you have as many kids as, as we have, and you work a career as a teacher, um, and this is this is a, a hobby, but it's a hobby that I absolutely love. I consider this podcast one of my creative outlets. So when I tell you that I have felt the impact of not recording episodes regularly, I, I mean it. So uh, you are going to be hearing a bit more from me, and. Uh, Luckily, I reached out to the to the gentleman that I interviewed for this podcast because I was just inspired by some of his Facebook posts and about his approach and his attitude towards music. Um, he's one of those people that you can tell that he loves what he does. And so I knew I wanted to get him on the podcast and have a conversation with him. His name is Corduroy Brown, and he's from the Chesapeake, Ohio, Huntington area. As he says in the interview, if you're from Chesapeake, you're from Ohio. I mean, you're from you're from Huntington. Um, and, and, you know, and I agree. Those, they're, Chesapeake's this small little town right out, just right outside of Huntington, West Virginia. So, um, but we talk a bit about music and about uh, the importance of heart and the impact of loving what you do as a musician. And, but more importantly, I really wanted to talk to him about an experience that he had in 2021 where he uh, nearly died um, due to a, a, a reaction, a rare reaction to COVID, having COVID-19. When we hear so many stories of people who this, this happened to, you know, um, they got COVID and they seemed fine and then they weren't fine. Um, and that's exactly what happened with him. I mean, it went bad fast uh, and he didn't think he was going to make it, but he did make it. And what's incredible is that his whole life approach now is different as a result of this, which is what you would expect. I wanted to have this conversation because there's no doubt that the pandemic altered our, our culture and all of our attitudes. Even, even if you're a skeptic when it comes to, for, to the coronavirus and to COVID-19, you cannot deny that our culture and our collective, um, mindset and attitudes have shifted since the pandemic, uh, since 2020. And that is certainly true for Corduroy for an experience such as what he had. He is not the same person, uh, that he was before. Um, and so we talk a little bit about that, about the impact that it had on him as a, as a person and what it had on him as, as a musician. Um, so I hope you enjoy this conversation. Uh, if it, if it has an impact on you in some way, I encourage you to please, please share this episode with someone else that you think might also be impacted by it. Share it on social media, Instagram, uh, or wh wherever else you you share uh, 
So I appreciate it, and uh, I'm glad to be back. So without further delay, here's my conversation with Corduroy Brown. Welcome to the Lilypad Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Lilly. Every week I interview someone who is making their unique mark in the world by doing what they love and offering their gifts and talents to help support their communities. I talk to authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, artists, musicians, and everyday people just like you who are making a difference in the world. I hope you're inspired by these conversations to get out there and do your part to make your community better. better, better, better. All right, Corduroy Brown, welcome to the Lilypad Podcast. How are you this morning, my friend? Good morning, my friend. Good morning. It's an early morning. We're doing this thing. Sure. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> That's good, man. I was I was really happy when I reached out to you that you you'd be willing to do this because uh, you know I've been following you on Facebook for a little while and jamming out to some of your music. Uh, and jamming's the right word too, man. I'm telling you, anytime I listen to one of your songs, I'm just uh, feeling real good about about something you know what i mean it's one of those you listen to a song you're thinking <laughs> something's going on here this is hitting the heart in some kind of way so i want to start out by telling you that um i really appreciate it you're uh in fact i told you i was going to pull up your spotify bio mostly because and you added something interesting that i know that i want my listeners to hear and we're definitely going to talk about it but it says corduroy brown's a feel-good poppy rock performer from huntington west virginia the music he uses sounds from the 90s and 2000s and a focus on self-worth. In February of 2021, Corduroy Brown danced with death in Morgantown, West Virginia, ICU due to a rare reaction to COVID called MISA. After being revived and placed on life support, he made a full recovery. You learn a lot when faced with mortality and it reset his perspective. Now, themes of mental wellness and a willingness to live life to the fullest are represented in the music for his second time on the earth. Uh, I love that because I know I told you that that the focus of my podcast is I like to interview people who are using their unique talents and skills in some way to try to make a difference in the world. Um, and a lot of times something like that happens after a person's really had a, a, a change in their life or something that you know has happened in their life to, to really trigger that. So I think that's really what I want to talk about. I know you guys have got a new album coming out and we're going to discuss that for sure. I'm going to probably save the best for last, but I'd like to just, if you're willing to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and then kind of, if you want segue into to what happened to you in 2021 and how that impacted you. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, well, first of all, I appreciate you even, I always, I really do mean this when I say this, when people even know that I do music, like that means a lot to me, let alone if they listen to it, let alone if they, dig into it if they feel good with it like that means way more and I mean that truly I say it a lot and I don't just say that like you know passingly or passively like I really do appreciate that you even know that I do music and um but yeah I'm from I'm actually from Chesapeake Ohio so if you're from the tri-state area you know where that is but uh, if you happen to know where Huntington West Virginia is you can literally throw a rock across the river and hit the little town of Chesapeake we have one stoplight um uh, <laughs> my graduating class in high school had about 99 people in it. Not a very big little town. Um, and, you know, if you're from Chesapeake, you're from Huntington. And if you're from Huntington, you're from Ashland. If you're from Charleston. Everything's kind of really connected here, as you know. Um, and I've, I have started playing music probably in 2008. I remember my mom bought me this 
uh, Fender acoustic guitar from a pawn shop that, you know, I still to this day have bitter feelings because they overcharged her by a lot and she didn't know at the time, but uh, they are now out of business. So that's what you get. Um, <laughs> not, not just a little bitter about that maybe still, but that's, you know, no one in my family was musical or anything. And, and I don't know what exactly, you know, it, it hit in me, but I mean, when I started playing music, that was it, you know, that was my thing. And that's something that I try to do with passion and, and power now. And, uh, I've been super fortunate to have the the platform I have, at least in a re in this region, like, um, to try to make people, like you said, feel something and feel good and give them endorphins. <laughs> For sure. There's a lot of really great music coming out of West Virginia. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it's hard for a lot of it to gain any kind of traction, you know, nationally or to become viral or anything like that. But yeah, so many of the artists that I've interviewed and that I listen to who are locals and from West Virginia or from around this region, the Appalachian region in general, it's just there's a lot of heart, man. And like I said, I, I hear that in your music. So it's a good thing. So you want to talk a little bit about uh, your experience with COVID in 2021 and how that may have changed things for you a bit? Because you say in your bio, yeah, that was certainly like a definitely a, a an experience that changed uh, your songwriting and you know how you do music now. Yeah, man, and, and it's it's a weird thing. It really is to like be faced with mortality. I was I was thirty when that happened. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if we have time to go into like the whole step-by-step -step process. So I'll kind of shorten it up, but like, essentially, you know, I got COVID earlier in the year in January, then in February, like I was back to work, you know, I was feeling okay. COVID itself wasn't that bad. It was like cold. Then um, my lymph node on the left side of my neck was really swollen and I was really nauseous and I wasn't eating very well. I go to like an urgent care and they're like, oh, well, let's check you out. And then like, hey, man, your like white blood cell counts like through the roof. You have a fever. I don't want to go to the hospital just to get checked out. And I was like, no, come on. Like, let's just can you like give me antibiotics or whatever. They're like, no, like you need to go. Like your numbers are all out of whack. I didn't go. Uh, <laughs> waited another day. I'm still throwing up. I'm still, I mean, my kidneys felt like someone was just squeezing them out of my body. And I'm like, I couldn't sleep, you know. And I knew I was like, okay, well, something has to be up. Like, I'm, you know, whatever. First time I go to the hospital, they're like, well, here's some like anti-anxiety medicine. You just need to calm down. I'm like, um, I don't know that that's it really, but okay. So less than 12 hours later, I'm back in the hospital. Uh, fast forward a couple of days. They say, Mr. Brown, we have to put you on a vent now. And uh, I hadn't slept. I've been thrown up and it was just, it was awful. Um, I remember the the gurney ride down to be sedated to be put on the vent because the doctors got super amped up. Everything was really urgent. Like you see in the movies, like you see in like a TV show, like like a hundred miles per hour, everything was, oh my God, it was crazy. Um, you know, going past that, the next thing I remember is that they're telling me I'm in Morgantown a few days later and I look down and I'm hooked up to about everything you could possibly be hooked up to. And I noticed that there's these red tubes that are in my legs. And I was like, you know, this is several days later. So I'm thinking, well, what is this? And I finally, I get to ask a doctor and they're like, yeah, so good morning. You're in Morgantown, you know, like Mountaineers. I was like, right. Okay. I was in Huntington first. So why am I here? And what are these red things? And they're like, well, that's your blood. And then they started explaining that, yeah, we put you on life support where they 
take the blood out of your body, reoxygenate it and put it back in your body and pump it into your body. So your heart doesn't have to do anything because when you came to us, you were in heart failure, you were liver failure, you were in kidney failure and you were in lung failure. And I, you just have to say, hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> um, and, and, and again, I don't want to go into too much time, take up too much time because I know we had a lot, but like, you know, when people talk about seeing like a white light and all that stuff, like that's a very real thing. And I saw a few things in there that just, it just, it, man, we don't have it all figured out down here on earth yet. I'm just letting you know, <laughs> there's, there's a lot to it still, man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I can imagine brother. That's, that's a crazy experience. And, and to be, to be so young at 30, I mean, even though that the, they often say that like 30 is that decade where you're really starting to hit that threshold of life kind of, I mean, I know they call middle aged what forties and fifties, but man, there's mm -hmm. something about your thirties where you're really having this, just these existential thoughts and experiences about the world and about yourself and about your relationship in it. And if you don't have it figured out by then, you probably won't, you know what I mean? <laughs> or it's, or it's going to hit you like a Mack truck. I know that some guys that that's happened to, you know, but mm -hmm. man, I'm sorry that that happened to you, but, but it sounds like that experience really sort of has, has altered how you're viewing yourself and, and your world. Would you, how would you say, would you say that's changed you as uh, as a musician, as an artist? Uh, yeah, I think it had to change me as a musician and an artist, but what it did more than anything was like, it, it obviously was a big shock to the system doing all that. I mean, obviously, but it was more like reaffirming than anything. And I don't know if I ever explained that or like even talked about that that way, because yeah, it was a crazy thing where like they literally, like my body was completely done and then they brought it back and now it's working fine again. But it's, it's almost like this thing where like, you know, I mean, if you know anything about me and music, like I'm extremely advocate for mental health and not in just like the way of like, okay, you know, just, just, you know, keep your head up. It's like, no, like we really got to take care of our, our minds because that takes care of the rest of our bodies. And I mean, even before that, and I've shared this really openly and I talk with schools and I've talked on a bunch of different interviews and podcasts when we first released the album, but like, I mean, there were times in my life, especially back in 2017, 2018, where like, it was a, it was like a dice throw if I was going to be alive that day. And I was struggling so badly at that, at that point in life where I didn't want to be alive. And this was like a reaffirming thing that with that, with literally kind of dying and coming back was like, okay, maybe I don't want to die. <laughs> maybe there is something maybe there is a reason I'm here. Maybe there is more to this life than I've even realized. So it kind of helped me say, Hey man, like life is to live. And that ultimately goes into your personal life. And that ultimately goes into the music where now I feel like I have these opportunities to let alone breathe on my own, let alone walk, let alone like do basic things. And then I get to play music on top of it. It's, it it's just created this like more value on everything that I knew was there, but I didn't have the appreciation for it before, I guess. I appreciate your honesty in saying that. Um, yeah. Um, I really love artists that, that if they have a message about something like mental health, it's not just the surface area kind of thing. I mean, they have their own experience with it. So they're writing from their own experience and speaking true and honest about it. And, that, and that's what people who are struggling in mental health really need. 
They don't need that placating like, hey, just feel good mm -hmm. about yourself. They definitely need someone who's honest and raw and, and truthful about it. And as I said, but even though your songs do touch on stuff like that, and I could tell that there's some of that within it. You know, the description of, of in that bio is right. Some of your songs, like I said, they're just so they're so feel good. And I'm really curious, what would you say are some of your, as a musician, songwriter, what are some of your top influences? Um, man, I mean, it's, I hate saying it sounds generic, but it's all over the board because I can remember, you know, growing up and being under my parents' living room table and watching Michael Jackson on TV and just being like, oh my gosh, Michael Jackson. Um, then, you know, you get into high school, you start playing guitar and I wanted to be a heavy metal guy. I was playing super heavy screamo stuff and then it's kind of mild and, and chilled off a little bit later but um i can tell you that biggest influences is this band called Houndmouth. they're from like kentucky and indiana they're like they call themselves like uh I, I don't know it's somewhere in between like indie and americana of some sort where it's just like it just feels good man and, and then there's there's even like hip hop elements to it where like, I mean, not in my songs necessarily, but just like in on the album, there's like these little skits that kind of tell different pieces of my life. And I noticed like a lot of hip hop artists doing that when they, when I was growing up, like even, even Eminem, my gosh, who is not necessarily all that positive, but like not afraid to be himself. So it goes from, I mean, literally I can listen to hardcore rap. I can listen to hardcore heavy metal. Uh, I even love country guitar. I mean, I want to learn how to play like a lap steel and, somehow blending all that stuff together you got me in there and <laughs> i don't know i mean it's it's just kind of all over the board and i kind of take pride in like people always ask me like what kind of music do i play and you know so the the simple answer is it feels good and other than that it's me and i'm proud of that like i've never I'm not sure if I ever knew how to explain it, but it's always just like, hey, this just feels good. And I just kind of leave it at that. No, that's a really great way to approach it, you know, because as a songwriter, if it if it feels good to you, it feels right to you. And it's, as you said, you, then you want to keep doing it. You want to keep writing it and you want to keep performing it. You know what I mean? That's that's always been one of my greatest criticisms of of pop music is that one songwriters there are many 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 songwriters who will never ever be famous they just write the song for somebody else who becomes famous the person who is the face of the song and you can always tell when that singer that performer is just the face of the song they're not the heart of the mm -hmm. song you know what i mean and that's my complaint about if it like i love singer songwriters because they wrote that song that's their heart, yeah. and they are the face of the song and you can feel it so man i, I love hearing that from you that you you like it because you're writing music that feels good to you and that you recognize is a part of yourself. Yeah, I'm an, my taste in music is eclectic too. I mean, it's all over the place. I can't think of a genre I don't like. I mean, I might <laughs> listen to less of a certain genre than another, but like, I'm like, no, no, there's this polka song that I heard that's really a jam. I mean, you might not say you love polka, but you got to listen to this. And, mm -hmm. you know, and so same way with rap, hip hop, rock, heavy metal, you know, and even some pop songs, you know, but that's good. I'm, I'm love to hear that you're influenced by a bunch of different things, but I appreciate you mentioned that one group that's really had, had an impact on you, but yeah, it's ultimately, it's about you and what you want to write. So that's great, man. Uh, well, since we're talking about the music, you want to, you, you get, you said you got a new EP coming out, you and your band. 
it's actually a it's it's a little bit of a curveball compared to what the first album is and um the first album came out in 2021 called let me know and that album was you know again like right after the hospital stuff and um and, and it was like this crazy thing that like i still can't believe that all that happened because it felt like no sooner than i got out of the hospital like i was back and we were mastering the album and like i'm not kidding man it was like the weirdest thing and and this this kind of goes into the ep if you just hang with me for a sec like you're good i'm extremely grateful for all that because obviously that was a crazy experience but what was even crazier was i mean i literally it was the most bizarre thing i've ever seen like when i got out of the hospital like there were like there was like a parade for me there were news cameras there were people selling merch and raising money for us. There were benefit concerts like hospital, mm. like the community around here raised thirty thousand dollars to help me with hospital bills. Like that's that's first of all, that's crazy. That's insane. And I'm like, I'm not saying that crazy of like, oh my god, why would they do that? It's like, oh my god, like I can't believe it. Still, like two years later, and I'm still like, I can't believe everyone did that for me. That's so wild. Like. I'll go back and look at some of the, that time on like Facebook and be like, the only thing that's on Facebook is me. What the heck? Like, <laughs> and, and, it, and I hope that doesn't come off as arrogant. It just yeah. still blows my mind that like people care about me that much sometimes. And I, I like, I don't think I ever got to like chill out from that. We went from being in the hospital, you know, barely being able to walk and, stuff because my you know lost so much weight and all that stuff and then um getting your body back underneath you then we finished the album we released an album then we played uh, how many shows in that year um and then we you know go to the holidays and we play all 2022 uh so this album is called or this little ep is called rest and i never got to rest from all that and i'm just now processing still to this day still just now sitting down with some of the things that happened in those hospital walls because it was terrifying and my body still hurts years later from some of that stuff and i still have problems from some of that stuff and you know there's a song on the ep called survivor's guilt the ep's called rest but there's a song on the ep called survivor's guilt where i'm more than grateful that everyone did all those things for me but it's almost like I wasn't allowed to, to like be upset with anything because I survived. Is it everything I could have done to right the wrongs to those I love? Maybe I forgot what it meant. But if it costs too much and I've had enough, lay my body still cause I'd rather die than feel alive with this survivor's guilt and a few of my friends from that time I'm in the meantime have passed from things like cancer and different things like that and I'm thinking they didn't get all the support they didn't get half of what I got and they're still gone like and I'm kind of feeling some weight from that like I didn't deserve all that stuff like I, I didn't I didn't even need all that stuff man and again it's not because I'm ungrateful for it but it's just like 
this EP is really kind of just looking at everything and being like, man, like we've learned a lot in the past couple of years <laughs> and, and we're going to take a little step back and, and take a rest for a little bit. I like that. I think that's yeah. a perfectly named uh, EP title for everything that you've been through. Hey there, podcast listeners. I want to pause for just a moment to tell you about Mountain Care Network. Mountain Care Network is a mental and behavioral health agency, and it was created to increase accessibility to mental health services and decrease the stigma associated with mental illness in West Virginia. The wonderful people of Mountain Care Network believe that a healthy mind leads to a healthy life, which creates stronger families and communities. And they understand that life is difficult at times. So if you or a loved one needs support, Mountain Care Network makes it easy to refer and receive services. Their team of licensed professionals provide services in a variety of settings, including the office, homes, schools, and other community settings, and via telehealth. The people of Mountain Care Network, they meet you where you are. In fact, that is one of their slogans. We meet you where you are. So if you'd like to learn more, please check out Mountain Care Network's website at mountaincarenetwork.com. It's good to hear that people rallied together to, you know, to support you and, and, and to celebrate your, you getting better and your healing and all of that. But it can be, it can be overwhelming when you think about, you know, all the blessings that we have, which again, goes back to our mental health conversation. You know, sometimes the advice is, it's like, well, just, just show gratitude, just write down what you're grateful for, right? Like that's an excellent practice, but also sometimes you look at that and go, yeah, but I don't deserve any of that. And there are so many people who don't have, have the opportunity, even the opportunity to be grateful for these things. And here mm -hmm. you're telling me to list my blessings and list the, you know, and again, I'm not saying it's a terrible practice, but I've definitely been in that mental space where it's like, look, can I just, can I just chill and be in this for a minute? <laughs> you know, yeah. can you all just let me process what I'm going through even if it means I have to be upset, even if it means I have to kind of go to a dark place, just be there for me and let me go mm -hmm. through it. Let me rest. So that's perfect. I like, I like that. That's a good, good album title, especially given what you've been through. Thank you, man. Yeah. February 1st, it'll be, um, it's a, it's a curveball from like the original album because the original album is, you know, full on production, full band. And this is just one guitar, one piano, you know, I kind of even kept some of the mistakes that I had in there vocally and I mean, some there's little imperfections on everything because I didn't want to do, a, I didn't feel like making it a whole thing because that's, that defeats the idea of rest, right? Like we could have spent four months on this and really made it this immaculate thing, which I know we're capable of, but like, I'm not doing a ton of press for this. I'm not doing a ton of production and I'm not spending more time on it because then that defeats the idea of rest. Like, so um, believe it or not, like this is maybe the third out of five that I'm only going to do like podcast or little interviews or anything about it. So I'm, I'm, I'm not doing a ton with it. I'm just letting people say and hear it for what it is. Like, it's not this perfect masterpiece. It's just me getting my heart out of, out of where it needs to be. Good. Well, I appreciate that you were willing to sit down and talk with me then. <laughs> That's absolutely. Yeah. That's that awesome. I'm awesome. Compliment. 
Uh, you kind of reminded me of um, one of my favorite Christian performers was Rich Mullins. I don't listen to a lot of, you know, Christian music, but man, Rich was something else. I don't know if you've ever heard him or not, but, Mm-mm. you know, he had these big, like, big production albums, and he wasn't a huge fan of stuff like that. And then one of the last things he recorded before he died was he went into a church, and it was just him and and some of his instruments and a piano and just this, like, empty church. Um, and he called it the Jesus record. And I think he only finished about five or six songs that are actually on the album. And then the rest of the album is songs that other artists produced, but that was some of his best work. And, and it's like unedited. It's not like he used an old tape recorder, not a whole mm-hmm. full sound system, but it's, it's so intimate, you know, it's rich. So I'm looking forward to hearing this when it comes out, man, I bet that there's probably a lot of that of you, like you said, a lot of music is you. So stripping it down like that, sounds like a phenomenal way to to really express that so yeah man i'm looking forward to it as well it's it's kind of weird because it's like it is very naked and like it's kind of like i've been like reminding people that like you're gonna get the minimum not minimum effort but minimal production on this because i don't want the meanings of this stuff to get lost and it's easy to do that and overproduce it. Like when we were fighting, when we were recording it, we were kind of like fighting back, like, oh, we should do this. And it was like, no, actually, let's not do that. There's so much more you could have done, but it's like that, again, rest, man, just rest. And then musically, that gives you an opportunity to just like settle into what, what, it re- what music really means to you. You know, you use the word overproduced. I like that because, again, you can, you can hear that in some artists' songs where it's like, ah, that's too much. Like there's something mm-hmm. in there, but you've drowned it in all the other stuff. And so I like to hear that, that, that art, there are still musicians out there that are like, no, this is about the art and the heart, you know? Mm-hmm. So awesome. Well, I'm going to kind of hit you with the big um, final question that I often ask on my podcast. Cause I feel like with, with, with us, it might even extend a little longer than what it does sometimes when I ask it. You know, the theme of my podcast is uh, I like to interview people who are making a difference in the world in some way. And uh, so the question that I have to you is, how do you feel like you are making an impact on the world? Man, (laughs) Uh, I think that I'm reminding people to live. And I know that we've a little earlier, but just this idea that like this is all going to be gone. And I watched it happened for me and it's not that you have to literally say you know every breath has to have meaning or every time that i you know talk to someone has to be this big momentous thing but like you have to live and how many times have we not went to go see our friends or not called our parents or not like did the new thing that you were like well i could just i'll do that next week and that next week, like, might not freaking come, man. And it's it's not this, like, Kroger version of live, laugh, love, like a little sign that you might get at Target. It's like, we are on the earth one single time. Like, it's not coming back. And I'm telling you, the thing that scared me most more than anything was in the hospital. The thing that actually haunted me the most was regret. And I was regretting every time that I said, no, I'm just going to stay at home or every time that I 
like didn't call my mom or didn't like do the thing that would have taken minimal energy, but it would have brought so many more memories. And I regretted the time that I stayed mad about certain situations. I regretted the times that I was angry. I regretted the time that I wasted not living. And I just tell you that I don't ever want to go through that again. And I don't want other people to like get to the end of their life. Not that there's not always going to maybe be regret, but I want people to know that like, it's worth it to go do whatever the freaking heck is on your mind. Just go do it, man. Like, like it, it's just worth it. It just, it never is not going to be worth it. That's powerful. I, I appreciate that, man. You know, there's, there's a lot of, they, they talk about, you know, <laughs> deathbed regrets and deathbed confessions and people who at, at the end, those are the feelings that they have is like, I wish I had this. I wish I had done this. And almost never is it, man, I wish I'd sat around and just done nothing more. I wish I'd, <laughs> I wish I'd, you know, just stayed in my house and played video games mm-hmm. all the time. I wish, no, it's almost always, I wish I'd spent more time with blank. I wish I had called such and such. I wish I had talked to that person I was having feelings about or told that person that I'd hurt that I'm sorry. Yeah. I love it, man. Um, that's cool, man. I, I like hearing that, that that's a great way to make a difference to show other people just live, you know, this, <laughs> this beautiful life, even when it, even when it's hard, even when it hurts, it's still beautiful. It's still special. And there's still mm-hmm. a lot of awesome things out there for us. So that's cool. Well, anything else that you'd like to, to say uh, to sort of wrap things up, but you have social media. I know you're on Facebook, of course, you're on Instagram or any other ways that our uh, listeners can hear more of your music other than Spotify or get in touch with you. Absolutely, man. So um, everything is, it's like kind of this big joke now because it shows, I always challenge people, if you can spell corduroy correctly, I will give you a free like merch item. <laughs> so all, all of my socials, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all that stuff is corduroy brown WV. And I'm going to tell you how to spell corduroy and you'll never forget it. So it's cord you Roy. And if you, if you think of it like that, there's no weird, weird, no, there's nothing weird about that. Everyone puts weird letters in places and stuff, but Cord, U Roy Brown, WV, you can find that literally everywhere that you got social media. I'm on there somewhere. And uh, yeah, man, um, it's going to be a good year. It's a good 2023, man. It's, uh, we've just been booking crazy shows <laughs> and it's, it's been a blessing all, all, all around for sure. I think even uh, on on your picture that's on Spotify, one of your all's pieces of equipment of equipment even has cord and then a U and then Roy underneath it. So like that's the it. U is in the middle by itself, and then Roy is underneath that. So yep, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a great way. So listeners, if you if you're listening, that now you know how to spell it. You never get it wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, this has been cool. I appreciate it. Um, I definitely like to stay in touch with you and see how things are going and. Uh, Maybe come to one of your shows if you're playing around here. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, man. We should be. We should start announcing shows soon. And we start uh, in February, and then um, it goes pretty full send from there. So <laughs> I can keep in touch with you, and I'll send you like, like some shows when they start getting announced and stuff. Sounds great. All right. Well, this has been a pleasure, man. I appreciate you talking with me, yeah. and uh, I wish you the best of luck, man. Jason, thank you, buddy. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Thanks for listening to the Lilypad podcast. For more information about our show and for notes about each episode, be sure to follow us on Instagram 
at the Lilypad Podcast. And if you enjoyed this show, give us a follow on Spotify. Or if you listen on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a rating and review. It really helps other people learn about this podcast. So once again, thanks for listening.